All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Crushcast. Today, we've got Will Sai. He is the new Chief Operating Officer for Equitable Advisors, our first. Will, welcome. Thank you for having me, Jim. Very exciting to have you in this new role. Before we talk about the role, I'd love to talk about how you came to join Equitable. I know that you were with Oliver Wyman and you were doing consulting. Can you talk about that transition? Yeah, of course. So uh, as you say, I was a consultant with Oliver Wyman for uh, about eight years and uh, I focused on the insurance industry across retirement, wealth management, uh, PNC as well, and all across the financial services. I came to join Equitable uh, because uh, a couple of my respected colleagues from Oliver Wyman had joined Equitable previously into prominent positions in the company. And I really trust their judgment and their character when it comes to selecting a company to work for. And that's that's what really what piqued my interest when it came to the um, idea for wor working with Equitable. And then what really uh, made it serious was talking with Nick Lane. I spoke with him at length uh, during the interview process, he was looking for someone who could be his thought partner and help Equitable chart this new path uh, post-IPO. And I was excited by the opportunity and the exposure and honestly, just getting along with Nick. And so it's been a fantastic two and a half years since uh, joining the company. It's an interesting background. So you're a consultant to the industry. And so now you're familiar with the industry and you're making and you see trends and you see challenges. And now you're connecting with Nick, the ultimate disruptor and visionary. Yeah. Were there specific elements of that discussion or those series of discussions that really landed for you and made this make sense? So I, I think where uh, really drew me for Equitable as an opportunity and Nick as a leader is the opportunity of the space, right? We talk about uh, retirement planning as a underserved aspect of what uh, Americans need, wealth management as an area that as folks get wealthier and have more financial decisions to make, how that industry evolves and and uh, really matches the pace of financial literacy and financial sophistication. And so uh, overall, as a consultant to the industry, I see that there's a lot of opportunities for the industry to improve and that uh, lots of interesting solutions to be had. I think Nick is really excited and open about uh, embracing change and thinking about how we can all do better. And he was asking me questions about, you know, what do I think about uh, AI? This is a couple years before ChatGPT became another thing, right? And then, uh, and, and how he, he thinks we can collectively, and by we, I mean, Nick, the other business leaders, ourselves, uh, make an impact for our advisors and for our clients. So you, you join us and you join really in a strategy role with Nick. Yep. And what was that like for you? What were, as you join Equitable, what were your observations about the company, about the culture? Yeah, well, I mean, I would start with observations even about myself, because, uh, you know, as much as I've been exposed to similar teams at uh, sort of um, similar levels, always still outside in. And there is, I found quite a bit of difference outside in and actually being on the inside. I learn about all of the 
day-to-day considerations that business leaders grapple with and why it's so hard to uh, sometimes to really get alignment because every decision you make actually impacts the day-to-day of uh, the people around you and the clients that you serve. And so there's a lot more alignment uh, in the in a um, environment like this one and a lot of consensus, well, I wouldn't say consensus building, but certainly alignment building before you can get into uh, designing a solution and then implementing a solution versus as a consultant, you're often brought in when that alignment has been done and there's a commitment to make a, make a decision or to make a solution. And you're really in that problem solving phase. And once you're done with the problem solving, uh, typically you're not around for the the lengthy implementation and all the change management that comes with that. Gotcha. That's been really interesting for me to observe. I mean, uh, Nick is very experienced, uh, uh, obviously, and then we have a very strong executive team. Uh, It's been great to watch and learn how they handle um, all of these decision-making. So how about your current role? So you moved from a strategy role to now chief operating officer for equitable advisors. And I know you and I have been in countless meetings in the last month or so trying to figure things out. What's your perspective on this role and the opportunity that lies ahead? Yeah, to me, this is uh, the next step in that same train of thought and same logic of when I joined equitable. Uh, For me on a personal level, this is you know, moving from strategy to a more of an operating role is taking that next step of how do you not just be a thought partner and a, you know, problem solver, but really become uh, a driver of change on the uh, on the fundamental level. For equitable, I think wealth management as a segment, equitable advisors is our most client-facing uh, part of the business. It is where I think a lot of these ideas about how as an industry we can do more for our clients, for our advisors. This is the this is the kernel of all of what's happening at Equitable. It has connectivity to all of our uh, manufacturing partners, the rest of the company, and it has connectivity to the advisors and clients. And so I see a lot of the opportunity that we talked about um, being being realized in this in this area of the company. Do you have a view? based on your tenure here, on what differentiates equitable advisors from other advisors? Yeah, I mean, I would say off the bat that I was, I don't know if I was, I shouldn't say surprised, but I was very energized by my first meeting almost two and a half years ago now with equitable advisors when I attended um, one of our conferences. I think the profile of the advisors is extremely hardworking, extremely diligent, always trying to do the right thing by their clients and um, always maintaining this energy. You know, we, we start our meetings early, went in our meetings on time, you know, arriving with a lot of energy. And I think, I think that's something that's, that's really um, exciting in, in an industry that at least from an outsider's perspective has been labeled as a bit mature, a bit on the older side of things, you know, uh, the, the industry context and the commentary certainly doesn't describe the energy that we have in this organization. There's an energy level that's pervasive and also thing, I think a depth of caring. I think there's a lot of rooms that people can go to meetings and there's going to be a great deal of knowledge 
right. but I am continuously struck by the depth of caring and feeling and why this matters, which is just absolutely wonderful. Yep. And as you look ahead, and let's say we cast out three or five years, and you think about what's possible for the industry and, and what's possible for equitable advisors, what are you most excited about? I'm most excited about this uh, meta question, which is, yeah, we know the opportunity is out there in terms of uh, financial advice being an everyday uh, and every person tool or or a service that everyone should have. Um, it's sort of in, in the same lines of thought as, uh, you know, uh, personal training or fitness training. And these are the things that as we as a society uh, get wealthier and get more advanced, these are the things that everyone needs to have. And wealth management particularly is such, I mean, I've seen it in my own personal lives. It makes such a big difference in the outcomes uh, of, of people's lives over time that, that I think increasing the, um, accessibility and the prevalence of wealth management as a service, it would be a fantastic thing for uh, Americans and for the industry. And I see us as being that vanguard, right? Many of our competitors focus on the ultra wealthy, really focused on very high AUM amounts. And that part of the industry has been, I wouldn't say solved, but it's more, it's more established. Now when we look at our segment, which is the majority of where uh, Americans lie, and especially as more people get uh, people get wealthier and wealthier, how do we really serve that um, segment with the best client value proposition um, while uh, keeping advisors at the core of what we do? I love that perspective. I mean, there is an element there: the vanguard, the protector, looking out for the client, moms and dads, families, small businesses, nonprofits, making sure they're okay. Yes, performing, but looking out for that client without overprobing. In your experience, you said that you had some perspective on how financial planning could make a difference. Can you share a little more about that? What did you oh, What did you learn, or what did you see? Definitely, you know, one of the interesting things, and this is going a little bit more into my own personal background. Um, I grew up as in uh, in an engineering and science household, so uh, I had no business knowledge uh, when I was a kid, my parents were not involved in business. And one of the consequences of that is even though they were, I would say, well-educated and smart individuals, they really had no um, no guidance from a financial perspective. And a lot of the ideas they had about money and investing were uh, frankly very outdated or just wrong uh, given what I know now. And obviously I've, I've uh, developed a career in finance and in, in business. But I see that being so prevalent with uh, people like my parents. Like, and and I, I imagine that this is true for lots of people who are in that in that overall category, which is, you know, it's only a fraction of people in this world who are intimately familiar with business and finance. The great majority of people are good at something else. And if they don't get the guidance they need on this, this has just an outsized impact on how much money they're left with at a certain point or how much they get to retire with. It is just so much more of an impact compared to, you know, if you don't happen to be 
good at anything else that doesn't necessarily impact your life in the most direct way. And I've just seen that uh, a lot in my own personal life because of, you know, the context that I grew up with. That's an interesting way to put it. Like if there's 20 things that you could be good at, not being good at this could have more of an adverse impact than anything else. Right. And, and it should be like anything else specialized, which is why I think, again, wealth management and advisors being part of everyone's lives is something that's that's really important. This discussion is similar to the observations that I've had over the last six weeks, and I'm glad everybody's being able to hear this. You bring an incredible perspective, I suppose, outside in, but a vernacular and a calculus and a thoughtfulness that is going to be phenomenal for our organization. So thrilled to have this discussion and that more people can connect with you. Will side, thanks for all you do. 